to the Big Fat Gay Laggy cast because... Uh, oh my god, that is, was uh, so weird. Okay, I thought real, it was just me. No, no, it's uh, it's Big Fat Gay Podcast, everybody. My name is Michael Emma Chaser. It sounds like today, the soundboard is drunk. We are lagging like crazy. Um, I don't know why, but the Wi-Fi in my, my place is uh, lame, even though we have a very good Wi-Fi router. Uh, so I'm going to be working on getting a hard line to my office in the next week because this is untenable. <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> uh, hi, my name's Don. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood. And uh, today I am master of the ranger cookie. I have I have mastered my new cookie recipe and I'm super excited about it. Oh my. Nice. I've yes, never heard of a ranger cookie. Cornflakes and coconut and oats and chocolate in my recipe. Hmm. I'd like to meet that ranger. My name is Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. And uh, yes, I'm sitting in a completely reoriented club chair here in our living room. It's very exciting. I have the sun uh, facing <laughs> into my face so people can actually see me. Can you all see How me? dare yes, you, yes. sir? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub, and today I'm a... I'm a stuffed up, upstuffed boy. Um, <laughs> it's been windy and my allergies are just crazy. Um, I'm just super, I, I sound like I have rabbits up my nose. <laughs> it's true. One time, he, one time he had rabbits up his nose, sounded just like this. <laughs> I, I, why rabbits? It's not Easter. It's, it's, it's what feels right. Because um, they make those little sounds have jelly beans. I mean, if you're going to you shove have... an animal up your nose, it might as well be a soft one. Uh, all right, it's time to do an actual show, everybody. You guys ready for this? Yeah, we're yes. ready. All right, we're on board because we're coming up on Valentine's Day. That's right. First things first, some housekeeping. Oh my goodness, uh, we do a Valentine's Day episode, and we've been a little lax on telling people uh, what's what this year. Um, if you're new to the show, we do a Valentine's episode where people write in with their love and sex-related questions, relationships, etc., and we do our best to answer them in a way that won't get us sued and won't get you screwed, or will get you screwed, I guess, depending, <laughs> depending on what, on what kind you of screwed want. you want to be. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get you screwed and not sued. There you go. Yes, there yeah, we go. That's the catchy version. So if yes. you've got questions about sex or love or fat related sex or fat related love or just fat you know whatever just send us a quick note dating not dating relationships M meeting the parents <laughs> oh yeah um, oh god maybe yeah. you want um i don't know a valentine's day uh date night idea like yeah maybe, we've gone on a few dates know, between the four of us <laughs> give us everything <laughs> oh this lag is the worst oh it um is. Patreon corner, uh, Chaser Chat's finally coming at you this week. Yay! Yay. Either, <laughs> I don't know, before this comes out or the day after, maybe? Who knows? But it'll be this week because I finally... Yeah. Last week was a big work, sort of. I, we did the live stream for the Seattle Women's Chorus show, and it was a lot of big push to get that done. So this week I have a little bit of time off. Yeah, I think we're going to, this month for our mini show, do like a, a Chub Chat, Chub Corner... Uh, chub rub something you mean you're gonna chew the fat <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's time yes. it's time we chew the fat yes so anyway we uh that's it right on to like we have a real yeah. show we have a real show all right let's do it all 
Take off our hats and wave them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's so nice to be able to hear the music again. Yes. It's pop culture. It's the New York Times. I love this story. Yeah. This was uh, actually submitted to us. By a listener. We have a lot of listener submitted stuff this episode. Thanks. Thanks, Scott. Hell yeah. Thank you yeah. for that. The New York Times highlighted this wonderful tenor, Lemmy Pulliam. Uh, he's a big, fat, black tenor, and he had given up uh, singing because he mm-hmm. found such uh, body negativity, guess what, in the opera mm-hmm. space. I know everybody thinks that opera singers are supposed to be big and fat, and that's kind of how it is. Yeah, but there that was, seems there to have wa- stopped about twenty years back. Well, what happened was, yeah, there was there was this uh, idea that no, we have to make opera a bit younger and hipper and more realistic, and so they were like, well, you need to look. If you're going to sing Carmen, you can't be mm-hmm. fat because Carmen's not fat, apparently. And they had all these rules. I would actually add on top of that that if you are a black male opera singer. There, there's a lot more opportunity for black female opera singers, which is not a lot, uh, but there's even less opportunity for black male opera singers. So what he did was he left the field for a while, yeah. for a long while, yeah. started a security company. Mm-hmm. And then he decided he was, he was, uh, uh, they were, he was doing a, a political event and he stepped in and he ended up singing the star spangled banner. Cause the, the, the other guy was supposed to do it. Didn't show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he sings the star spangled banner, uh, under much nervousness and duress at, uh, an Obama fundraiser, I think in Missouri, Kansas city. And, um, all of a sudden he starts getting back into music and he finds that now so many years later, his voice has changed for the better and it's deepened mm-hmm. and it has, mm-hmm. it's, it's more lovely. And he does a concert at Carnegie hall. He's getting contracts at the Met. Uh, he is back. He is going gangbusters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Back in a big way. And it's always nice to hear about like someone coming out of retirement and making good. But this guy never thought he was going to get a shot to begin with. And now now he's getting a shot. And it's beautiful to see. I just love that like he had, you know, the moment of going back into it. And it wasn't this like, oh, I'm like rusty and this is so hard to get back into. It's like, no, I'm more powerful and better than ever. And then like, <laughs> there's this, you know, this new richness. I just, that yeah. is so wonderful to see. Cause I feel like so often when someone goes back to something after a long time, it's like this kind of awkward, like, oh, I'm, things aren't the same as they were, but it's not that like they, they aren't the same, but they're better. I just love yeah. well. And especially when you're a tenor, I feel like, you know, when you get older as a tenor, the likelihood that you're still a tenor over a decade later is very iffy. Um, And so the fact that he could come back and still sing a tenor role um, for his performance at uh, Carnegie Hall is pretty fantastic. Mm -hmm. Oh, and by the way, what he sang at Carnegie Hall was uh, a wonderful oratorio from a black composer from the Harlem Renaissance. So take that. Take that, Matt. If you want to hear it, Lemmy Polium, here's a little, a little snippet. And so we turn back to the world of theater from opera. Yeah, that's right. The, uh, this is out of out of Calgary in Canada mm-hmm. or Canada, as I like to call it. And uh, <laughs> it's an article from Broadway World. Uh, the, there's a new theater piece called "The F Word." It's a, a piece by uh, two fat women. 
that would be the F word, uh, that confronts mm-hmm. fat phobia. And it's just wonderful to see this on the boards. It's wonderful to see this in regional theater in Canada. The creators, uh, I'm going to try and get these names right. It's, I think it's, I think it's Keisha. Uh, uh, Keisha Cheeseman and Bianca Miranda um, are the creators and performers in the show. And it's been really making the rounds. It is, it seems to take, it seems to tackle some pretty heavy subjects around fat uh, with a lot of like um, levity and fun. Mm-hmm. And the final number of the show is a song. I don't know if it's a full musical. Did they, have they, did they describe that? I was or unclear I on it? that, but I was, I mean, there's at least one song in it. No, it, and it's I, called I think it's a musical. Yeah. It's called Go Glow Grow. Which I don't know if it's instructing people to go out and get fatter, but maybe it's just like, you know, you grow as a person, maybe. (laughs) I kind of want to see the show. (laughs) Well, and I love that I would be able to see the show because they worked with their partner ATP to provide size accessible seating for the world premiere. And uh, Mm -hmm. I looked on the website and they actually have on the seating chart, um, basically uh, like the way that they denote... um, handicap accessible seating they have specifically seats with a little s that show it's a an armless chair that has a weight capacity of 500 pounds oh thank god honestly Ooh, that's nice accessible you know fat person accessible seating is you know, as, as as a as the husband of a fat person and as a chubby chaser this is like the bane of my existence trying to find good seating for trevor mm-hmm. it drives me crazy because it comes up everywhere it comes up at airports comes up on in in bedrooms and cruise ships it comes up at theater <laughs> all the time it comes up in restaurants it's everywhere there are, people sit everywhere can you believe that why do people love <laughs> armrests? so selfish <laughs> well it's it's either armrests or uh booths with unmovable tables or mm-hmm. uh high oh, those, chairs slash stools. those little metal oh, those chairs ch- no the metal oh. you know what i'm talking about the metal ones yes stack yep those things are freaking everywhere, and you can ca- I can carry the bruises on my butt for a day after sitting in one of those things. Ouch. Um, well, so if you're in Calgary, <laughs> you can see the F word from February and you 9th can get through the 19th. Size accessible seating. Yeah, although what, what, I was looking, seats the uh, seats are selling out fast. What are the dates again, That's Trevor? February 9th through 19th at ATP's Martha Cohen Theater. If there are any theater managers out there that listen to our show. Well, if there are any theater managers out there that listen to our show, you're already probably working on getting some size accessible seats into your theaters. But yeah, I mean, this is this is a problem with theater. Like, you know, so many of them do have older seating that is not adjusted well, mm-hmm. you know, and it's amazing how we can pass so much time and so little can change, uh, which does bring us to Fat Watch. There we go. Yes. <laughs> Don, master of segues. <laughs> Shit. It only works if I actually play the music. Oh boy! Oh god! <laughs> Laggy music once more. Ah, eh, not too bad now. <laughs> I like I the idea of the, sounds drunk through my speakers. The eagle cry, just like the eagle rendering slowly as it. <laughs> <laughs> and now oh, the music is cut out entirely. It went away. Yeah, I'm sorry, everybody. Anyway, Fat Watch. It's Fat Watch Rewind, baby. Worker, worker, worker. What? <laughs> <laughs> Going back in time yeah. to November of 1973. Uh, Dan and Don, you were alive back then. I certainly oh, was. I'm checking the date. Oh, yeah. Don was. was like one year old or something. I, I, oh, yeah. I was still a larval state at this point. 
Oh, really? Oh, fr- <laughs> hell, I was eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about the Fat Liberation Manifesto, published in November 1973 by Judy Free Spirit and Aldebar- Aldebaran. Uh, yeah, no, 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 sorry. I got to say, I was really glad that I didn't see when this was written before I wrote, read it. Because again, it was just shocking reading this, how much of this is just just you, still stuff. We you don't do have to change day. a damn word. Not a word. It absolutely no. applies today. The only thing you mm-hmm. have to change maybe is the word manifesto. And now we would call it, I don't know, demands, ransom, think piece. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think you might need to add one paragraph to maybe incorporate the internet and all new media and social media that we're dealing with now. But I still think mm. it's all pretty much included in there. Um, so this manifesto was written in the early 1970s to talk about what needs to be done uh, to provide a better living world for f- not just fat people, but for all people. Mm-hmm. Like, if if I may, I mean, I can. I don't want to read the whole thing because it is rather extensive. Some but quick I could summaries. Of I the, could briefly summarize the seven points. If yeah, people this like. is a very short piece. It's seven seven uh, steps. Anyone can find this online. Um, Dan, we'll, yeah, we'll link to it. But basically. Uh, it's a manifesto. Point one, we believe that fat people are fully entitled to human respect and recognition. <gasps> and the fact that you have to start there is, yeah, okay. Point two, angry by at the mistreatment by commercial and sexist interests uh, that have exploited the body and tried to make a profit off fat people. Point three, we see our struggle as allied with the struggle of other oppressed groups against uh, classism, racism, sexism, ageism, capitalism, imperialism, and the like. Point four, we demand equal rights for fat people in all aspects of life as promised in the Constitution. And that means for goods and services and access to these. Uh, Point five, we single out as our special enemies the so-called reducing industries. These include diet clubs, reducing salons, fat farms, diet doctors, diet books, anybody who's trying to make a buck off fat people. And acknowledging the fact that, as they say, quote, we make this demand knowing that over 99% of all weight loss programs, when evaluated over a five-year period, fail Utterly. Point six, uh, we repudiate the mystified science, which falsely claims that we are unfit. And point seven, they ref- we refuse to be subjected to the interests of our enemies. We fully intend to reclaim power over our bodies and lives. We commit ourselves to pursue these goals together. Fat people unite. I like Yay. it's fat people of the world unite in all caps. Yes. <laughs> you have nothing um, to lose. Yes. That's what it says. yes. Um, and once again, this was written by uh, Judy Free Spirit and Aldebaran of the Fat Underground, which um, the Fat Underground was initially a, um, I believe, L.A.-based yes. chapter of NAFA, which eventually split off because um, they were asked to be um, like less aggressive in their uh, feminist and radical like political ideals. Which it's mm. funny to think about now that like all of this is like the primary drive of Fet Liberation now. Um, and largely, and I think would, part you say, of it, would you say, Trevor, it's also largely the drive of NAFA today? Yeah. And I think that's because, you know, NAFA initially started as a, a catch all for everything for fat people. Yeah. And this is kind of where people were deciding like, TikTok, we got to, we got to get moving and where we're still moving still moving still still fighting still very tired (laughs) what is what is one kind of thing somebody might have to fight on the inside of the fat liberation 
uh, world. I like wow. how Trevor's titled this main subject, by the way. It starts with, the call is coming from inside the house. It's <laughs> true. It's when, you when find, fat- it's when you find fat phobia in your fat friends. Yes. And this yeah. is like, it's, it's, it, it, you ha- you're, ha- you're having to overcome people who you thought or should you think should be maybe on your sides because, hello. Um, I've been responding to the sort of intrusive messaging that thinner is better regardless of where it comes from. And in this case, when it comes from people who, fat people, maybe formerly fat people who lost weight or other fat people in your life that are taken with that idea and can't. I The thing that, that hits me sometimes is like, it's, uh, it's just that like walking in the door with the assumption that this, it just is like, it just yeah. is, mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. is better. Of course it's, of course it's, of course you lost weight. Congratulations. Uh, right. Because it just is, it just, it's Everyone like this, just assuming this, that their baseline is normal. Right. That this yeah. is just a thing that we all agree upon uh, because nobody's challenging it. And so that's sort of, yeah. again, back to the fat liberation manifesto. It's kind of up to us to challenge it as we're able. Um, I mean, for me, one of the re- there there are a lot of leads, little insidious points, and one that I find is you know I have a fat acquaintance on uh, social media who loves to send me fat jokes. Ugh. I mean, oh boy, <laughs> I mean little memes that are like, isn't that funny? Like, and like, no, stop that. That is not funny. And yeah, and they mean it like, and they mean it like they're fat. They're really fat, and they're like, isn't this funny? And like, mm. no, no, it's not. Stop it. I found a, I came across a, a real slash TikTok because they all get intermingled at this point of a guy who, you know, it, you know, there's the response video. So it's like you, you take somebody else's mm. video and it plays for a moment and then it cuts to you as though you're responding directly to it. And so it's like this fitness guy who's like, what would you do if I came through the door and cooked you this you know, meal with the chicken, like <laughs> buff guy. And then it cuts to like a fat guy sitting at his is, table. Who's I, you might know is who this, this the, is. It's the ranch, is this guy. The ranch dressing guy. <laughs> yeah. It's the ranch dressing guy. I mean, and so I, let Michael finish. Let Michael finish. Cause I don't know what this is. And, and so he just sits there and he kind of is like looking and then he like takes out two paper plates and puts one down in front of him and one down across the table for the other guy. And he's like waiting for the food to come by. And, and, then, <laughs> and then he reaches over and he pulls out his bottle of ranch and sets the bottle of the ranch on the table, like still waiting, you know, it, and it's, it's cute and it's innocuous and it's nothing. And I kind of, and I was watching it. Like I, 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 it, what are people, cause I'm not on TikTok, so I'm not seeing those mm-hmm. comments. And I'm like, what are people reacting to in this as entertainment? It is, is it the fat joke or is it just him being funny in a way that isn't about him being a fat person waiting for food? What, what, what is I wasn't the propo- sure. What is the proposed meal? I mean, I don't get the, the, the thing he's responding to. Is it that it's a it's, healthy meal or it, an unhealthy meal? No, supposedly? no, it's just food. It's the, it's the just point. Food. I mean, I mean, he does the, this. Yeah. Like, so the ranch dressing guy, and I think that's his name on TikTok or whatever. Like literally he does this with like, like there's so many different things and it's actually yeah like it's kind of like um snl any snl character from the 90s oh yeah where it was basically the same character the same behavior but in a different situation yes okay yeah exactly and so anyway the only reason i brought it up was i was like i was trying to figure out is this like how do on the one hand he's like yeah i'm down for you know a home-cooked meal by this hot stud 
But on the other hand, I'm like, is that what he's saying? Or is he just saying, I'll put ranch on anything? And that's basically the extent <laughs> of it. I can't tell. I couldn't tell. Well, see, and okay, I think, <laughs> so we have talked about this many times, my kind of like fat food joke litmus test thing. Mm-hmm. We're like, is it a fat joke or is it just kind of like does like with uh, specifically talking about the show, the nanny mm-hmm. and the character of the mother, that there's all this humor around her, like with food, but it's funny. And it's cause it's like, it could still work with a thin character. And I think mm-hmm. if it like, there was some little scrawny guy who had the same mannerisms and everything and did the same thing with ranch dressing, I think that would still work. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Yeah, it would. Something, mm-hmm. I don't know that I was thinking about when we were talking about this topic of like, fat phobia coming from fat people and this like the dealing with all like the weight loss discussions is like navigating the reality of you know fat people usually very fat people having some kind of obstacle in their life that can because of the way the world is established only immediately be overcome by weight loss whether it be like they're Mm -hmm. so fat that they have mobility issues oh they have some kind of medical procedure that is you know whether it's life saving life saving or cosmetic can only be you know doctors say you know I'll only do this if you lose x amount of weight mm-hmm. and uh, the resistance to that kind of in fat liberation spaces but also just like the reality of like for a lot of fat people seeing weight loss is the only option when it's not and then for other people it really seems like because of the way the world has been constructed that it is not accessible for fat people, weight loss is probably the only immediate option. Yeah, I, I think what you're trying to say there perhaps is that it's, can fat people be blamed when weight loss is the path of least resistance at the doctor's office mm-hmm. uh, in in public spaces? Like, yeah, life would be easier because then you'd, you know, you'd, you'd be like what people want you to be like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you or, I mean? and in some cases it's literally just like you can't you're not allowed to have this procedure until your oh, bmi yeah. is like a third of what you currently are no so. it, what, what kills me about that is it's based on this ridiculous study which is highly flawed that says that yet basically people are healthier even if they lose 10% of their body weights and this was promulgated as everybody should lose 10% of their body weight if they're fat <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that will qualify you for this medical procedure. And what kills me is like, it's not about getting down to a particular size. It's proving that you're worthy enough to have the surgery because you're able to lose 10% of your body weight. Yeah. It, it, it's because they'll you're do the operation. You're too much of a risk otherwise because well, you no, won't what, actually do anything yourself or anything. What kills me is like, so you could be 300 pounds and you have to lose, and, and you know, you have to lose 10% of your body weight. Okay. Well, that would put you at 270. And if you're 270 pounds, you have to lose 10% of your body weight. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. The numbers are decreasing, but the percentage never does. Yeah. Because it's just this yeah. silly, holy grail that they've invented for, uh, for keeping uh, medical procedures hostage. Yeah. I mean, when you exist in the world and you don't necessarily have a team of like, I feel very lucky here because I have people here that are telling me like you have value as you are right now. A lot Mm. of people exist in the world without anyone telling them that. And it's so hard to be the one who has to remind yourself of that every minute of every day Mm -hmm. when this constant barrage of bullshit is landing on you. And I I think it's it's, also, I think it's even more casual than that. I mean, if you're the fat friend, 
meaning that you're the fattest person you know in your circle of friends and everybody else is either thin or, well, not as fat as you. Yeah. So that what your perception of, you know, what they go do is your perception of normal. It's like, oh, I can't fit here. I can't fit there. I can't fit here and there. I can't fit. And so that becomes the standard and it's, and you're like, well, of course I'm not going to ask for an armless chair. None of my friends ask for an armless chair. Yeah, they don't need it. So it, it and what I'm saying is that, that it, it creates this mentality that you shouldn't be asking for an armless chair and that what you should be doing is reducing down to a size that fits in an armchair. Let me go lose three inches off my waistline before lunch so I can fit in this chair that you're <laughs> well, providing. Well, it just becomes me. a way of seeing the world that, that obviously yeah. the world is made for your friends and that's not you. Mm -hmm. Well, I think even, you know, we're at a point, um, there was a whole thing on fat TikTok that was kind of part of this discussion that I might link to the video in the episode description, but basically, so, you know, you have this thing where your, you know, your IRL friends are so different than you and you're trying to compare them yourselves to them, but then you maybe have, you know, these fat people that you follow on Instagram or Twitter or TikTok or whatever mm -hmm. that are kind of your resource for feeling normal. And then, you know, maybe one day they say, you know, oh, I'm finally going on a diet and I'm going to, you know, mm. did like the, the pivot to being all about weight loss and the, the workout stuff and the juicing stuff and the before and after and the, I don't know, death metal speed up workout video then like <laughs> weird transition to like saggy skin fit um well how do you navigate that like what do well, you and often that person if if that person is your friend i have found in my history that that's a great time where they will often reach out to you and say mm. why don't you do this with me Ugh. you know we can undertake oh. this new journey together um January is always my traditional time of like, yeah, I, I do hike sometimes. I tend to dislike hiking with other people because I don't like other people staring at me while I wheeze. Mm -hmm. um, so I am turning down a lot of hiking invites, not because I don't like you, but because I don't want to hike with someone else, you know? Yeah, um, I get that. I mean, there's another part of this too, even because in Trevor's example, it's like, you know, they're, they're touting some, some new regime, whether it's a cleanse or a, a diet or a, a, a program. Oh, I found program. the new magic bullet. Yeah. Whatever mm -hmm. it is. But, you know, I think it can even, there's something that we don't talk about because we're not supposed to acknowledge it. And I've seen this happen a lot with my friends who are fat. There's, there's this idea that, so, you know, you and someone else are both fat and this someone else can be a close friend or it can just be a celebrity you like. And they lose weight. And even if they say nothing about it, they just all of a sudden, they're not as big. Mm -hmm. There, for many people, is a sense of betrayal. That sense of you left the club. That mm -hmm. sense of you abandoned me. Maybe it's not quite that strong, but there's a sense of there's a sense of loss or betrayal. And I wonder if if you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I think I it's also that. you you know, if you bond over a commonality whatever it is, and then somebody decides that they're going to leave that behind in their life, suddenly, and that might have been the thing that you first connected over, that you first kind of like, you know, if you have solidarity against a single sense that the world is against you because of this thing you have in common, and then somebody goes and changes that, and that's not the case anymore, you don't have that in common. And 
not to say that there isn't an evolved version of that friendship that can just exist without that thing, but I would say most people, without anything pushing them, they still exist in the way the friendship first was when it first came to be. And so if somebody goes and loses that weight and suddenly they're different, yeah, it kind of takes away, it forces you to have to evolve together. And if one person's like suddenly not about that fat life, and their friend is very, very fat, they may not want them around as much anymore. It may be hard to mm-hmm. like to actually stay friends just because your point of view in life is so different from when it was when you first became friends. I think it's, I don't know, I think the other end of that, when it's like, when it's a celebrity and the the betrayal, I think it's, I don't know if it's betrayal as much as just like, if this person who is like, you know, so esteemed and accepted as kind of a fat person and has this gravitas and power and like they seem like they have it all together and then you know one day there's like a couple people i'm thinking of specifically i don't want to name them because i'm not like trying to call them out but like you know there's then the reveal that like oh by the way i had weight loss surgery because and usually they share whatever you know i had this one thing and it just was the last straw And it's like, if they can't just survive and they are, you know, they've made it to this point to where like they are the fat person of X, Y, Z and they are making a stand, but then they also end up getting weight loss surgery and the like balancing act of like, well, you know, it was just for me and like, you don't necessarily have to do it, but like, like how is, you know, the, I don't know, just random fat person in the Midwest. I so I have a having a thought here, and I think this might be it, which is how many, you know, formerly fat people who were advocates who then lost weight remained fat advocate allies after they lost the weight. Um, in my experience, quite a few. And in fact, they experienced the reverse thing. So I know a lot of uh, fat people, they would go to Chub Chaser events, they lost weight. They want to keep going to the Chub Chaser event because it's yeah. where their friends are, but they don't feel like they fit in anymore. Interesting. That and sucks. My experience <laughs> That's a really ballooning bad. and losing has been a little different from all this. Like the the fat people I do know in my life have always been supportive of me going one way or the other. For me, in my experience, it was the chasers that abandoned me when I lost weight mm-hmm. and fat people did not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I understand that in myself because like I've never I, I'm this a lot of this conversation we're having today is a little foreign to me. I've never been angry at someone for losing weight that that hasn't happened. It's not part of my experience. Um, I've been sad when somebody that, um, you know, like, you know, I, I I had a friend that stopped going to the movies with me because he was just exercising too often. Um, and that was sad, you know, and he mm-hmm. lost weight. It, he wasn't trying to uh, lose fat. He was trying to gain muscle. But, you know, same effect. That made me sad. The the loss of connection because he no longer engaged in activity that we both enjoyed, you know, but to change your body in any way, whether it's to become a, you know, a bodybuilder or to lose weight or to gain weight is difficult, you know, and it's not something to be entered into lightly. And so when someone does make that effort, I, I, I don't want to make it sound like we're encouraging people that it's okay just to drop them out of your life. You have to stand with people as they go through these changes for better or worse. And it's not for us to call whether or not that change is better or worse. Well, I mean, I think it's fair to say that, you know, we relate to the world through our bodies. 
And therefore, when our body changes drastically, our relationship to the world and the people in it changes Mm -hmm. drastically. Yeah, very true. I don't know. I think it's just so hard when there is such an extreme shift and you just don't really know how to engage with it because it's like, I don't really, you know, like good for you, but also I don't necessarily need to be seeing, you know, your weekly uh, uh, before and afters. It's like, uh, it's, yes, I completely understand what you're saying. It's like, you want to be supportive of that person. You don't want to yuck their yum. Mm. But if their yum is bringing yuck into your life, (laughs) then it is your responsibility to close it down a little bit and close that connection down to a point you can handle while they're going through this time. Don't let their Um, yum yuck your yum. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but, you know, they are your friend and, you know, they're in your life for a reason. So Mm -hmm. if they're in a period of celebration, try not to take that away from them either. You know, it's dicey when it's a relationship. I think that's the, Mm -hmm. like, if it is a chub chaser, uh, fat admirer relationship. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. that's That's sort of a different, I'd I've been say, thinking I'd more that, in yeah. terms of platonic. I've been, I was, I've been sure. thinking platonic. Yeah. That's 40% yeah. of the counseling I do is that area. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's just such a difficult space to to even like exist in because like everybody loses <laughs> literally yeah. and figuratively um, depending on, I guess, a number of factors. But if your relationship was started because one person's a chaser and one person's a chub and then either of those two things changes – you know, who knows what happens in a relationship, but it, well, it absolutely changes the relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. The question, but that's different than the question. Do we stay together? It a hundred percent changes the relationship. Whether you stay together, that's something else. Yeah. They're not intrinsically uh, linked so much as like you, I think like you were saying, acknowledging that there is a change that is a major change and that it will have ripple effects is kind of foundational. Whatever else that means for the relationship is whatever else it means. But yeah. like sort of trying to ignore that it's happening or ignore that it's important for somebody uh, is ignoring the fact that there's change in the air. And that is just never going to go well. Yeah. And, and we also forget, yes, relationships change anyway. And, you know, to have a judgment about like, well, why did it change? Did it change because of this? Because that's OK. But if it changed because of that, that's not OK. Uh, you know, I, I was talking to this woman, perfectly normal, straight woman in her 70s, and she is married to a man and they've been married for decades and decades and decades. And she came out and said, you know, I don't really love my husband the way I used to. I love him, but not the way I used to. Things change. I think I know who this is. I don't think you do. <laughs> oh, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I definitely don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it's just the acknowledgement that over a long haul relationship, your relationship changes. And that's, it, you know, <laughs> reminds me of the old, this, this is a person you, you do know, Trevor. Uh, she'd been married for like 53 years and someone said to her, you know, what, what is the secret of, you know, you've been married 53 years. What is your secret? And she says, my secret, not getting divorced. yeah that's Uh, how marriages stay together (laughs) um do we have a tip for today um i would say the tip is to send in your valentine's day question yeah absolutely sexy best tip we can give friendly saucy maybe questions about chub chaser relationships dating Oh, Ooh. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so naughty. 
jump chaser relationships, sex, uh, dating, stuff like that there. Yeah. If you've ever re and by the way, just cause you've reached out to us once already and you don't want to like take up space on the air. Don't worry about that. Let, let, let us yeah. worry about that. Feel free yeah, to also, write whatever so, it is you want to write. Someone messaged us and asked the best way to send questions. I say I still best way is through email. The website is a very, very straightforward way. Bigfightgame.com. Yeah. Uh, the, the contact us form goes straight to our email. Really yeah. easy, straightforward way to do it. Or just bigfatgaypod at gmail.com. That works maybe. too. That oh, no, would be so much G-mail. harder to remember. That's more letters. <laughs> <laughs> Big fat gay. No, there's no baby at the end of the email. No <laughs> <The> baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. Oh, let, let me throw one quick tip in there for people. Uh, it, we are probably not going to be discussing the movie The Whale on this podcast, as we've mentioned multiple times. Uh, but I did go on to the Movie Bears uh, podcast to discuss The Whale with them. So if you do want to hear some... Uh, some uh, perspectives on the whale from people who might see it in similar ways that you might uh, <laughs> go on over there and check it out. Movie bears podcast. Yeah. They're, they're yes. super cool guys. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Check out movie bear, po- movie bears podcast and Don take us into that bit. Well, uh, so today we were talking about how people can be, you know, saying things and sort of saying things they don't mean to be saying while they're saying it. Mm. Um, and that, is often the case. Uh, like, uh, you know, sometimes we use expressions in day-to-day life where we have no idea where those expressions come from or what they originally meant. So Ooh. I figured today we might d- delve into some of the origins on commonly used expressions. Okay. So, goodness. Uh, it's going to be multiple choice. I'm going to tell you uh, the expression and what the expression means and then give you a couple options. All right. So our first expression is by and large. So by and large means on the whole, everything considered, right? But why do we say by and large? God, that's a good question. Okay. So Hmm. one, it comes from a circus custom where the troop always kept enough food and fuel to entertain one week's worth of patrons on hand. Two, a nautical expression, meaning wind from anywhere. Three, a financial term, meaning buy when supply is large, sell when supply is small. Or four, it's a wholly original made-up term born from pop culture. I go with two. I, th- I when in doubt, pick the nautical. We're going nautical. Okay. Nautical is yeah. I don't see how the ter- how the words link to the nautical thing of wind coming from anywhere though. That's oh, the, it's that's just the, if you get block. yourself in a pirate frame of mind, I think you can right. imagine. Ah, the wind's coming <laughs> by and large. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound convincing when Dan does like, it. Yeah, uh, that, yeah. yeah sure, I'll go with I'll go with two. <laughs> okay, we got two nauticals. Trevor, what do you? Feel? I'm also going to go with two after hearing oh, Dan say it. We are fully <laughs> nautical. <laughs> Damn. I better be right. <laughs> so by and large, sailors were the first to Yay! refer to things Yay! by and large. Uh-huh. The first part of the phrase refers to the nautical term full and by, meaning a boat was traveling into the wind. On the other hand, large means the wind is coming from behind. So by and large would mean the wind is coming from any direction, giving rise to the current meaning of in general. Interesting. Right. Okay. Our next expression, giving the cold shoulder. Oh. A show of intentional unfriendliness. Hmm. What does this come from? One, from boxing, referring to striking an opponent with your shoulder when they lean into you for a moment of rest. Hmm. Two, 
from a European tradition where hosts offer a cold shoulders meet to signal it's time for a guest to leave. Three, <laughs> a reference to an old Middle Eastern custom where people would tear their clothes and turn their backs on a family member they were shunning. Or four, it comes from an older phrase that meant the opposite, referring to the heat of pain on a sailor's back after they had been flogged. Well, we know Dan's theory about sailing. <laughs> I'm not sure I would apply it here. Um, <laughs> um, but your theory uh, was that when in doubt, go for the sailing. <laughs> Sorry, Trevor, you were, you were calling one out already. Yeah, the tearing the shoulder clothing. All right, Michael, what are you thinking? I'll play it safe and go with Trevor's guess. Okay, we got I, two for the Middle Eastern Middle Eastern clothing tearing. Yeah, Man. I mean, I don't like it, but I hate it least. Uh, I think the clothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, etymologists think the phrase originated from medieval etiquette. After a feast, hosts in England would suddenly signal the meal was over and wow. it was time for guests to leave by serving a cold slice of pork, mutton, or beef shoulder. Oh, how did that turn into... The phrase as we use it now. Like, well, it's just, it's not the it literal be... shoulder. It's just mean, it means to, 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 to give you something cold to make you leave to. Yeah. I mean, it's, offend. it's sort of a direct rudeness to, you yeah. know, you, we've had enough oh, it of was you. intentionally Here's some meat. Please go rude. Home. Oh, yes. I see. I didn't yeah. realize like, this was... is your signal. You have been here too long. Please leave. Got it. Like getting the right. second I, pineapple. I didn't realize it was intentionally a second pineapple. Oh, you don't know the pineapple thing? No, what? You get it when you when you cut it's a it's a southern custom. When you arrive at a at, at a at a mansion in the south, uh you are welcomed with a pineapple. And when you're when you've stayed a bit too long, you are greeted by a second pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> well, blood is thicker than water. Uh relationships and loyalties within a family are the strongest and most important ones, is the meaning of blood is thicker than water. However, where where does it come from? One, it's from Shakespeare, from a monologue where a murderer is trying to wash the blood from their hands. Two, it's a reference to magic and the occult, where it is believed a potion or spell was made, made with blood of the recipient would be exponentially stronger. Three, refers to a medieval scandal where lamb wine and alcohol produced with lamb's blood was being made with colored water by dishonest merchants. Hmm. Or four, it's a misquote from an earlier expression that meant the opposite. Ooh, misquote. I think four. Yeah, misquote. Dan, are you huh. going with the herd? <sighs> Golly. I really like we, the, uh, it's not, the... What was the second one again? Uh, reference to magic and the occult. Where does I really like that. I don't know if it's true, but I really like it. <laughs> are you letting your affections get the better of you, Dan? Or are you going to yes, go with the I'm, I'm an, I'm. Yes. Since I right. don't play d and I've only got this chance. <laughs> We've got one magic and two misquotes. And in fact... It originally may have been the opposite. The full maxim ah. was, the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb, with covenant referred to, referring to friendship. In other words, it was your friends, your blood brothers, if you will, who ah. were with you through thick and thin. So I'm not sure how that transformed into its new form, uh, but I'm tempted to go hmm. do the research on that. But if one of our listeners already knows, where could they go to tell us about that, Trevor? Well, we're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Five stars there. Five stars everywhere. Leave us a review. We're on Patreon as patreon.com slash Big Fat Gay Pod. And you can see the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Well, 
we've we've enjoyed having you, gentle listener, at our our table, <laughs> and the, the fire is burning. And I certainly uh, feel like I've been had. Don's <laughs> Don's carving off a piece of meat for you. <laughs> it's uh, it's oh, uh, looking boy. a little tepid. So <laughs> there's a pineapple flying at you. So watch out. <laughs>